The upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production. What's up, guys? It's the phenomenal AJ Styles. You're listening to the two-man power trip. Hey, Johnny. Cool, man. What's going on? We ready to go or what? Fucking... Power Trip of Wrestling, and this is Who Is? I'm your host, JP John Paz. With me today is a few special guests. Well, not really. One is a returning guest, but we've got the second man in the booth, Mr. J himself, the doctor, Michael P.S. Jargo. Jargo, what's going on? How are things, Mr. Paz? Just, you know, sitting here freezing to death in the Hawkeye State, cleaning off the ice, watching it snow, and, uh, you know, trying to keep the heat on. But, you know, here for another episode of Who Is? And I'm, I'm just... I'm trying to figure out who this guy like yeah, the third man in the booth is somebody making a very elite return here. Mr. RBV himself, Rick, what's going on? How you doing today, sir? Gentlemen, uh, I got to say it is good to be back. And unlike Major League Baseball, me and management have finally come to terms on, on my new agreement here. I found out what you two were making. I was grossly underpaid, underappreciated inside of this studio. Hey, so what was it? Maybe uh, four, six weeks the holdout, the lockout was on, hey, but, but they, they gave in. They gave in. They have finally met the demands of the RBV. I am back, back and ready to carry this, this dynamic program, this who is, to new levels. So as far as today, we're doing who is, and who is Mr. A-E-W, Mr. A-E-Dub, I know it was funny, uh, Jargo. We were talking about this uh, last week, and we were saying, wow, that could have changed. Because I was thinking somebody, you were thinking somebody, and that could have changed. Obviously, I don't know if he can be on the list anymore. Cody Rhodes might be on his way out and, and headed towards WWE. So it's pretty funny. We're saying, who is Mr. AEW? And we were definitely both leaning Cody when we were saying that. And it's funny. I guess we we're a week late because Cody's gone. Yeah, it, it's kind of crazy to think about what has happened inside of AEW just over the course of the last like month. But really when you think about what has happened inside of AEW over the course of the three years, since the company launched, I mean, Cody has to be in this conversation, right? I mean, Cody was the face of the revolution. I mean, Kenny Omega said so himself, Yep. you know, and when it came to the press, when it came to being the guy out front, it was always Cody. And we kind of made the mistake over the course of the last couple of years, as people kept signing to AEW, we were like, well, what's this going to do to the young guys? Like they're going to get pushed off of the card. 
And no, yep. that has not been the case. Darby Allen is still on the card. MJF is still on the card. They have a lot of these young upstart talents. The guy that fell by the wayside was Cody Rhodes as they were bringing in guys like John Moxley, as they were bringing in guys like CM Punk and Adam Cole and Brian Danielson, all these guys, they weren't moving the young guys off the card. They were just pushing Cody down the card. And now Cody's contract comes up and he explores his options and it looks, everything sounds like he's on his way back to WWE. I mean, I have Cody on my list, but had we done this a month ago, pause, Cody might've been at the top of my list. Now I'm not sure where he would fall on the list. Right. I don't even know if he can count anymore. Right. Yeah. When I, you know, when I I spoke to you guys about, you know, I was able to come back this week. And, and he gave me the topic. I, I thought this is what, what really inspired you to even start wondering, you know, who do we look to as the torchbearer for AEW? And I thought it was the Cody departure. I know you were talking about that beforehand, but when you look at Cody's role inside of AEW, you know, when he left WWE and he goes and makes his tour, uh, I know one of the first big matches that jumped out, him and Angle. And he's starting to get those headlines and he's starting to make momentum. And he aligns himself with the, with the Bucks, uh, with Bullet Club. The elite begins to form, and you really got to believe, you know, driving that that business directive had to be Cody. And he seemed to be just that missing link inside of that group to really motivate those guys to get that to the next level. Now, I think, you know, really a lot of that, Cody is a master chess player. He knows where to put it, you know, position his pieces to move his agenda, what he has going forward. Ultimately, I think that's all this was here. Cody comes in. He's kind of at that forefront when they, they get conned to back the money here. We really look to him. When you're talking about the talent becoming the executive vice president, Cody was the one that had that real feel about him, that you believe that could succeed in that position. The rest, they've done some great things. You know, the Bucks with their marketing, their creative visions across the board that people were really in love with at the time. But Cody was that one that you could see making that jump. I think he probably did a tremendous job in there. He knew when to back off. He knew how to keep himself at enough of the forefront where he wouldn't be forgotten. Look at a bigger picture here. Cody also positioned himself where he spun off. Him and Brandy have spun off into other projects. You know, he's got the reality show that they had there, uh, Roads to the Top. I guess that's still in question. I don't know what the hell they're going to do with the footage on that one. I think the network's question it now. He's over on TBS the on uh, the Go Big Show. you got to believe he's got a, a lot of other things that he is positioning towards here. So, if he throws out a number there for Connie, doesn't answer it. It's all right. He's got other things to do. I think that he right now where we see Cody in his mind, he's four or five steps ahead of that. And it's going to be kind of cool to see how that's going to play out. What it is. I, even going back to WWE, he's smart enough to know what's going to happen. Go there, get a quick rub, probably get pushed back down. Hopefully it's a shorter deal. Make some nice money. Get the hell back out of there. But what it's really going to do, even in the WWE mid card, he's smart enough to realize he's going to be in a hell of a lot more eyes in front of a lot more eyes than he is at AEW. And I, I feel like Cody is probably a better sports entertainer than he is professional wrestler to begin with anyway. I mean, but he he's always been kind of the, the odd man out inside of AEW inside of a work rate promotion. Cody is the biggest character that they have and the wheels just kind of came off and he just lost control of this thing. Yeah. I, I've given Cody credit across many different shows now he is still giving the fans exactly what they want the aew fans didn't want cody and brandy around and now they've skipped out so once again the aew fans get exactly what they wanted 
thing is too it it's like okay he's the face of the revolution he was the flag bearer he would have been if we did this a few weeks, a few weeks ago he would have been my mr aew but he can't count anymore but you bring in Christian, Matt Hardy, Mark Henry, Big Show, Tony Nese, FTR, Miro, all these WB guys. Then you add in and sprinkle in, oh, we're going to bring in Adam Cole, CM Punk, Brian Danielson, John Moxley, all these guys. And who gets the push, like you mentioned, Jargo, kind of seems like Cody, or at least pushed off to the side. But what happens to him working with these guys? Now he can't, you know, the storyline was he couldn't be the world champ. Okay, so he's not going to be working with the world champ. Okay, then he's going to be working in the TNT title mix with a bunch of lesser guys who might not be on his level, who aren't in the main event like he is, and he proved himself to be the main eventer. But then you bring in Punk, slide them down even further, gets him away. And he even said in an interview a while ago, he's like, oh, you know, not the, you know, the new, the new toy or whatever, the shiny new toy. And I think maybe in his head, he's thinking, was like, wow, every time Tony Khan gets a shiny new toy, I get less and less importance. I'm not doing creative anymore. I'm not an EVP anymore. I'm kind of just less than. And it seems like all these other guys took precedent over him because they were the hot hand or the hot toy at that point. But he was still there, probably cutting the best promos, still having good matches, giving it his all, becoming famous from reality TV. He kept doing his thing despite them not really giving him the old heave hoke and giving him the big push. And at the same time, turned the AEW faithful against him. And I don't mm-hmm. think Cody ever figured that out. I'm very curious to see how the WWE universe reacts to Cody. This might be our first real indication of just exactly how much crossover there is between the Dynamite viewer and the WWE viewer. Two, two questions for you guys on those comments. Great points. Do, do you really think, positive there is that ego side of this, he just feels bitter that he's not getting this push on I, I, I just want to believe in my mind that he's a smarter businessman inside of professional wrestling about the, about that. And, but and that also led so to him getting for, for that, also, that way. But it also, that led to him getting supposedly not as much money as he wanted to. So it was a little bit of ego, but it was, I think it was financially driven that, okay, the ego thing, but now, oh, now it's hurt my pocket. You're not going to give me as much money as these guys. Like, I don't know. It, it definitely, uh, he wanted more money. There's no doubt about that. From, from what, what I have heard, Cody wanted to be the top paid guy in AEW. I mean, I, it doesn't hurt to ask. I mean, if, you, if they're well, going to fight and give it to you, <laughs> but you, but then you, you got to stand, you got to stand at your line. But you, it, you from Tony Khan's perspective, by. Rick, I mean, we, we've talked about this with, with different properties throughout the course of the years. Like w- a perfect example is Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor is worth more to Sinclair Broadcasting than it is actually worth to anybody else. What is Cody's value to AEW at this point when you look at this talent roster that they've established if I'm Tony Khan I'm not paying Cody Rhodes as the top guy because Cody you're no longer the top guy Cody was more valuable to Vince McMahon at this point than he was to Tony Khan I I completely agree with you and I I think what we're and I agree Cody Maybe in that sense, if he truly believes that and he is overestimating himself, I want to believe that he's smart enough to know his spot and know when to, you know, know when to show him, know when to fold him, get out of Dodge and, and go regroup because he has already set himself up for these different avenues. Get out, get out at that peak so you're not tainted inside of that environment where you can go somewhere else, remain hot, and keep options open to go reality television, game shows, maybe get some bit parts in Hollywood. So you're looking for those opportunities. I want to say he's that smart, and it's not necessarily about his ego, but I agree 100%. 
I think this realization, and it really shows where AEW is at from its beginning to this point. Because mm -hmm. the quietly, the people that we've seen leaving, you know, just a lot of the mid carters or people that are have been relegated to a dark elevation, whatever it might be, they needed them early because they needed bodies that they needed the darlings. Yeah. Now that's become available and an actual top notch talents that have been trained professionally to work television, to work the large stages, to work the masses. They're available. Those those guys that were there at the beginning, those OGs. They're going to be expendable. Yeah. And I think, in, yep. and Cody really represents because he was that we need someone at the top at the beginning, but now we can go get those true top guys. And I think yeah, the so other his thing point, with Cody. His point in his WWE real quick, Jargo, I, I love what you say there. How, how much of this audience, this general WWE audience, is going to even remember Cody Rhodes? Right. Well, they didn't catch the references on Monday Night Raw this week. I mean, that much was very clear. Uh, I, I kind of feel like Cody could be in a Tom Brady situation too, where Tom Brady has always taken less money to surround himself with more talent. And now Tom Brady has supposedly retired, although we're kind of hearing some rumblings. 49ers. If, the, if the 49ers come out and say, listen, we're going to make you the top paid quarterback in the league for the next two years, if you'll come and play for us. I could see Brady being like, yeah, well, you know, I, I took I took a back seat all this time, and now it's time for me to go get my payday. I could see like, that being Cody's mindset too. And it looks like they're one good quarterback away with that team. I mean, they're pretty good, they're a damn good team. Well, I mean, they made it to the NFC Championship yeah. game with, yeah, with you Jimmy, know, G. Yeah. Jimmy G. So, yep. So, as far as like Cody, it's one of those things too. It's like you bring in Punk, you bring in Adam Cole, bring in Danielson. He doesn't even sniff any of those guys. He's not working with any of those guys. No. Why not? Like, what the hell? Like, I don't know. Some of that stuff makes no sense. Like, Cody Omega didn't have any sort of crossover. Like, okay, that's a that's a mistake. Cody and the Bucks, they had some at the beginning. Then they completely went away from that. I know there's so many matches that Cody should have been involved with that he wasn't. And the only guy he really kind of feuded with on the main roster, I mean, he had the little thing with Jericho, but it could have been longer, obviously. That could have been spread out. But was the, the other guy was considering big time as far as Mr. AEW, MJF. But even that kind of went away, and he, they didn't go back to the well and go back to that feud. So I don't know. What do you think? MJF, maybe, Mr. AEW? As you bring up the MJF and Cody thing, that might have been kind of the beginning of the fans starting to turn on Cody when Cody was playing the oblivious baby face that was hanging out with MJF and was like, yeah. no, guys, look, he's really a good guy. He's He's a nice guy. Yep. And, and the fans were like, Cody, you're an idiot. That might have kind of been the beginning of the fans turning against Cody. MJF is an interesting one, and I, I do have him on my short list for Mr. Oh, AEW. Yeah. But it's difficult because he's so young. And outside of the Dynamite Diamond Ring, when you look at the accomplishments, there's not necessarily a whole lot of accolades there. Like, I feel like MJF is probably the top guy who's not at the top of my list that if we were doing this in two years might be the top of the list. Yeah, I so, think uh, MJF is, is pretty much like the prince. Yeah, you know, right. He's yep. waiting to ascend to the throne. And I think if you're AEW, 
and you know, the, the, you know, those fans and just really wrestling fans today, maybe just society in general, people are so hungry. I need it now. I need it now. I will give Tony Khan credit and AEW credit on this thing that they are taking their time with pushing MJ up to that level of how long, Oh, it's time. It's time. Give them the, no, you need not just, it's just not where MJF is at in his evolution, where he's at in his game. It's where the company is at. Right. And it's only been within the last years, you know, going back, we're talking about being able to sign these true mega stars. Now you want to establish that flow. You got them in, in their base. What they really need to do is get their head of their rear end and figure out how to start growing their bubble. I, and, and, and that should be a point, a talking point. When they're having these meetings, when is it going to be time for MJF? And it should be, we need to be at least over one, one and a half mil pushing 2 million viewers when we are at our very peak hottest. Boom. You unleash him. Maybe when you're tilting there, when you're when you're just right there and you use that and everything MJF to get you over that. And I mean, that's pretty much like a basic that you saw from, from the attitude era. You know, you hit Shawn Michaels right there, just they're tilting. Shawn has to leave, and then it really goes to Stone Cold, and boom, and then Rock's there, and boom, they are taking off. I feel like the biggest thing with MJF at this point is he is in the biggest creative program of his life, and it's not with CM Punk. It's with Wardlow. Uh, when you look at MJF's career in AEW to this point, he is the guy who is getting the rub. Right. Like, I mean, he had the whole thing with Jericho. He's getting the rub. He had the whole thing with Cody. He's getting the rub. Now he's got the whole thing with punk. He's the kid getting the rub. Can he take that rub and extend it to somebody else? Can MJF make a new star rather than being the new star being made? I think a lot of it is going to come down to this Wardlow program. And can he turn Wardlow into a main event player through this creative program when Wardlow finally turns on MJF? Wow, that's an awesome point there, Jargo. And, and you know when it really when you're looking at this dynamic, you know every the focal point there is MJF Punk. But you're really you're looking what you're going to grow out of this involves Wardlow. Yep. Credit to Punk there. You're using that star power to hopefully blossom two of your next yep. major players. They're going to take you to that boom I was just talking about. So, it, and I don't know if you've been on your guys' list. Maybe it's it's it seems so quick to talk about it. But what he embodies represents as a whole inside of wrestling is kind of the same as AEW with CM Punk himself. Look what he's doing right here. He's using his star power to hopefully boom and grow this thing. Can he, can he continue to do that for a few years? And then we look back here and say, man, that was that turning point, And it really rested on the shoulders of CM Punk. It, Punk could become the Terry Funk of AEW. Great, great, great point. Seems like that's what they're going for. Yeah, and thus far, I feel like it's been working. Um, it, but I am kind of curious to see where the next couple of years of CM Punk, what path it kind of goes down. Um, because I feel like you could be talking about CM Punk inside of the AEW championship picture within the next three to four months. And that's a little bit different kind of role inside of the company versus what he's been doing since he returned back in September. So what about the current champion what about adam page is he mr aew i think there was a time that you could have made that case um i mean when, when you look back at jericho becoming the first aew champion hangman adam page was opposite of him so we, we've seen the 
you know, he started off in the main event picture and then he kind of dropped down and we've built hangman page back up to the point where now he's champion. And during that rise, I think you could have made the case that, you know, hangman, Adam page and cowboy shit was the, the focus of AEW. And then he won the title and it's kind of a weird dynamic for hangman right now. And I feel like hangman is going to be, that guy who should have never won the title. I, I think Hangman is going to be better on the chase. It's never going to be about the title reign. I at this point, I think a week, maybe two weeks after he won the title, I was ready for him to drop it. And I have bet against him on every single title defense at this point, except for Lance Archer. But I mean, even Lance, I think I could have bought more in a championship role than hangman adam page because it doesn't seem like hangman even buys himself in that role and if he doesn't buy himself as mr aew then i certainly don't either not working definitely and i feel like too usually the guy who's the champion should make the title hogan wf champion oh my god the championship means so much page as the aw champion the title is trying to make him and it doesn't work that way and this is the first time they've tried that. I mean, when, when you look at the lineage right. of champions, yeah, Omega, like, Jericho, they, yeah, they tried Moxley, to build yeah. up the prestige of that title so they could yep. use the title to make a guy, but it's not working. Not it's at all. Danielson should have won. It's a case of a should have, would have, could have. Is Hangman Page, talent-wise, the biggest mistake that AEW has made? I mean, just a letdown. Not I, nothing against Page here, but how the handling of him, the stop and go, the different directions here. And I'm sorry, it's great. You take take time off to have a baby, but come on, this is your career, livelihood. You don't take off, what what was he off, two, three months at a peak of your running? I mean, it's almost as stupid, I'm sorry, as Becky Lynch going to get pregnant after WrestleMania. It's, It's so weird because it's like people want Hangman to succeed so badly because he was the young kid who was just kind of joined bullet club and he was the pin eater for so many matches and people really rallied behind hangman adam page but even when aew started it was cody and kenny and the bucks and their friend hangman page right he's always kind of been the tag along and i i just i feel like the biggest problem at this point is hangman adam page needs to believe in himself as much as the fans have believed in hangman adam page like i just don't feel like he buys himself as the best in the world world champion and that lack of confidence really translates you see the glimpses like he's got the in-ring talent he's got the looks he can cut a great promo on occasion but the problem is there's all those other occasions and he is just not rising to that challenge. And they haven't given him so much to work with. How many months is he sitting there just playing slap slap ass with the dark order? I mean, that didn't do any favors. He, you know, truly with Hangman, it is a shame. You know, we go back to the, the press conference and where we are now. We should be, hands down, we should all be in agreement that this is, this is Hangman Page. That, that's, that's, you know, risen to yeah. the top of the the cream of the crop in AEW. He really would have benefited from when they started this thing. And WWE was throwing out some feelers. He should have jumped on that. He could have he could have greatly used a couple of years in NXT with Hunter and Sean, and then made that jump as we seen as an Adam Cole. Then came in after learning that WWE NXT, all that experience there. Then come in and apply that to AEW and help them go to the next level. Yeah, agreed. He would have so, he would have fit in great amongst that roster too. So what about Kenny Omega as Mister AEW? 
you know, as I was kind of trying to do my I'm research, <laughs> as I was trying to do research for this show, I was looking at, you know, let me look at some of the lists that are like, what are the best matches in AEW? And Kenny's name is all over that list. And it's so weird for me because in watching Kenny as long as I have and seeing Kenny at his absolute best and now seeing him inside of AEW, I feel like the AEW fans have only gotten about 70% of Kenny Omega and what Kenny Omega is actually capable of doing inside of the ring. And yet he's still on this list. The program with him and Hangman Adam Page was what, a, a year and a half long between the tag team championships and the story that they told with the Bucks and then the defending the titles, losing the titles, Kenny winning the title, Hangman coming for the title. Kenny has been right at the forefront, but I feel like it's far from the best Kenny Omega stuff that I've ever seen. And so maybe he belongs higher on the list, but to me, he's just not. It's funny though. A lot of those matches are overrated because like the Matt Seidel match people were talking about, Matt sucked. Um, the Phoenix match wasn't as good as they said it was. There were so many matches in there. The Moxley match was awful. I don't care what it yes. was. It was great until the finish. The match was horrible. So he had so many stinkers. I liked the Christian match. Was, it was probably his best one in a while. Both of them, back to back, he had two good ones. But Thank they weren't, you, Christian. But they weren't like the Okada matches or, you know, Ted right. Dott, like his New Japan stuff. So Thank you, Okada. He, he, he hasn't been that great uh, in AEW, to be honest. I know he's had a ton of injuries, and now we're starting to find out that he had even more injuries piled up on the injuries we already thought that he had. So, I mean, there's no slack and no notch against him. It's just that he had all those great matches. Now everyone, Meltzer included, is overrating the matches he's having now, which is fine, but they're nowhere near as good as what they're they're saying. So you're reading that they're great, but they're not. you, You know what? You're right. I think that's the best description of Kenny Omega in AEW is overrated. And it's only because we've seen Kenny Omega be great. And I, yeah. I feel like the, the thing is, there's so much of the AEW audience that has never seen that version of Kenny Omega. And those of us who have are just disappointed. And him as a TV star, it, it hasn't necessarily worked either because mm-hmm. you got to be able to cut promos. You have to have a certain style. Like Jericho fits in that style perfectly. He knows exactly what he's doing, how to do it. Omega sometimes didn't know where the camera was. When he was yep. walking out, he really didn't do his entrance, didn't milk the end. So many mistakes. Then the Don Callis thing really, I think, hurt him more than helped him because it wasn't like he was, I don't know, it was too silly. And he was supposed to be like this serious bout machine guy. So That yeah, should have been Paul bad. Heyman and Brock Lesnar. Right. The, but the presentation of Don Callis and Kenny Omega was too Terrible. slapstick, quirky, yeah. insider, meta bullshit. It was, t- it was terrible. So it was one of those things where it's like, you think this guy's great. Okay, let's see what he's got. Put the microphone in his hand. And it's like, yeah. but it wasn't there. Yep, wasn't there. You mentioned, you know, Pasha said Meltzer, Alvarez, and even, even our good friend here, Jargo. They, they can give Kenny Omega all the stars in the sky. For his match ratings. But let me ask you this, gentlemen. No matter where he has been, what has Kenny Omega ever done to grow an audience? Nothing. He's not grown one audience. You know what he really reminds me of? If you've guys seen the South Park episode where uh, Jimmy and Cartman are writing a joke. And Cartman starts trying to take all the credit. He starts believing it so much in his head that it was all yep. him, but it yep. was Timmy. So and it's, it's when it comes to Omega, as you guys put it out there, his truly great outings... Or with the, great the best bout machine, it was about the dance partner. Yep. 
And you can see the complete difference when he's the one in there that has to be the ring general and carry anyone here. And I really believe that they kept that title on him way too long, trying to, you know, him going around the world, collecting these belts. I think they rode him too long. And that's why they're feeling the effects. That's why they're having such a hard time growing this audience because they have left such a sour taste in so many casuals mouths. It's going to be interesting to see what happens when Kenny comes back. And if we have a healthy Kenny Omega and what that presentation is going to look like. And I think if you, as you said, we should have got that serious presentation. You know, it should have been, you know, he might not be Brock Lesnar, but we're going to show you what damn wrestling is about. Right. And through all that, he has to keep himself away from everything going on with the elite. He has to completely distance himself. I feel like he should come back as the elite hunter. Like him and Frankie Kazarian should be boys at this point. Like he should want to take out the entire elite. He should come back as the baby face badass who wants to take with him, him out. on any front. Oh, I think I think he has to at least play I mean, I some you, kind you, of lip you, you might creatively have written yourself into that position, but I get him out of that thing. I don't want him out there doing any of that humor crap. Agreed on that. So they kind of made a new four pillars. Obviously, MJF was the original one, but Darby Allen. Sammy Guevara, Jungle Boy, and Britt Baker are now called the Four Pillars, jokingly, of course, a little bit, but they do have the T-shirt. But CM Punk kind of coined that and made that. Do any of them kind of fit into who is Mr. AEW at all? Because Darby always getting a big push, two-time TNT champion, Sammy and Sammy Guevara. Jungle Boy, obviously, tag team champion. Britt Baker is never losing the woman's title. Any of them even considered for Mr. AEW? No. Um, it, it, here's I just feel like Sammy Guevara is a failed baby face right like everything about Sammy Guevara is a heel if, if he yeah. was cast in the proper spot maybe I would feel a little bit differently again though I feel like Sammy could rise up this list very very quickly over the course of the next couple of years I don't feel like Darby Allen is ever going to be the face of the company that the company is going to be built around Darby Allen like he's a fun piece to have but he is just not that talent I'm sorry, I'm not going to make anybody named Jungle Boy the face of my promotion. He might have the highest upside, but the presentation of Jungle Boy at this point, like you have to drop the whole Jungle Boy thing, put that kid in a suit, pull his hair back, turn him heel, let him hang out with MJF something. He's got to get as far away from the Jungle Boy name as he possibly can. And what happened to Jack Perry? Well, that's, that's what's ridiculous about that. You got all the makings. He looks just like right. he said. You got the Hollywood ties. You got the guys. He's got a great physique. So he's a little undersized, but you can get around that. Yeah, I'm waiting for him. Up. But it, remember it, the heat that JR got when he actually said his name from, from all the AEW just Mark Tarns. Oh, my God. Heads works. Hell, my out. It's Jug out at there. You say his name. And, and I feel was, like the pieces are there should now. Be, should be Jungle Boy Jack Perry. Like, I, I feel like it just make Christian is his freaking manager. Like, I forever, I was waiting for Christian to turn on Jungle Boy in this big program between Christian and Jungle Boy, right? No, at this point, I want Jungle Boy to turn on Luchasaurus and, like, concerto the hell out of him. And both Jungle Boy and Christian can turn heel. Christian can hopefully teach the kid how to cut a promo. I mean, his dad was Luke Perry. How can this kid not talk? 
Like his promos are God awful, but maybe that's a skill that he can still learn, but he would need completely reframe to be at the top of this list. And Britt, as much as I like Britt Baker is the face of the AEW women's division, which I feel like is seriously underrated, but is still a joke inside of the pro wrestling community. Like it, it just because you're, you're the smartest kid in a classroom full of idiots doesn't make you a smart kid. You know, and that's kind of where Brit's at at this point. Uh, talking directly to RBV too. Nice. I like how you went with the PC one there instead of just being a, uh... You know, winning gold at the Special Olympics. You're still at the Special Olympics. Hey, I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to be as as PG and, and PC as I possibly can. Yeah, I, I'm trying to. In my, as soon as you mentioned Brad, I was trying to put together a potential argument where she could rise up. Uh, but again, there's so many fixes inside of that women's division, and I, really, when you look at you know the face here, I know you guys are big in ring guys. It's very little what I'm looking at. I'm looking about the markability and how they can take someone and move them. Who's who's really going to be that person that that breaks through that that other genres are looking at and recognize? I think Britt's really good for that AEW darling fan base, but I don't know if if she has the potential for that breakthrough. I don't know if she has that level of talent, that level of connectability, of charisma. She's not Jade Cargill. I, I mean, say, Jade I Cargill. Love, I was going to say, I think that's why they love Jade Cargill now, so much. Now, here, yeah. but here's your big issue with that there. Now, I'll give you guys this. She's got to get a lot damn better inside of that. Oh, right yeah. She's young. So you got to give her on that, but you have got to be on. And I don't think it's QT and what she's doing with any of them guys. You got to go out and get yourself a Dr. Tom, somebody like that come in. That'd be And just like, you know, with The Rock, with Kurt Angle, it's just one-on-one in the warehouse, getting her going, get her accelerated to that next level as soon as you can. She needs she needs some tweaks inside of her character, man. That, that bitch thing, I know that flies in the hip-hop game and all that. That's not going to be your crossover. you got to get bring in a real PR director. I don't know if it's somebody from the Jaguars is the right answer, but go to another Clearly NFL not. team that actually knows how to handle that. Bring somebody in to coach her on that to, to when she is going over to and send her out on. You've got a whole sports department inside Turner. She should be there as an analyst for the NCAA tournament. Yeah. Jargo and I were just talking about this weekend. Why the hell wasn't she on the celebrity team at the NBA All-Star game? You know, why, why aren't you showing her courtside? That's a pro athlete. That's a, and she's got, I love when she wears that suit with the money on it. It's literally a million dollars printed all over her. Right. Yeah. And, and the other thing is she should be sending six days a week for eight hours in a warehouse with Serena Deeb. And the other day, there you, should go. Be dynamite. There you go. You realize that Kurt Angle was wrestling for like a year before they put him on TV. <laughs> so, and like they put her on automatically, and she's had her first 27 matches on TV. So, not exactly fair of what they've done. I mean, well, to be it, I, well, going back to Cody and Brandy, up. though, going back to Cody and Brandy, because they got to get their shack moment. We need somebody out there with her. Yeah, I tell you what, you, you put her in a warehouse with Mark Henry and Serena Deeb for six months, eight hours a day, six days a week. And just teach this girl how to wrestle, and you can just print money with her. She, Mark Henry, what's what's he gonna do? Coach, absolutely. Mark Henry is a big man. Like he should be teaching her how to work as a big woman. If she and, went out there and, and worked just, like Mark Henry, holy and, crap! And just the mentions of how you handle yourself, how you present yourself, how you, you talk to the press. Mark Henry, perfect. A pro athlete who made the real step over. Yep. What Mark he Henry has and Serena. Mark Henry Deeb. and Serena Deeb. Should be at her hip 
eight hours a day, as Jargo said, for at least six months. Don't take her off television, but I'd limit her. Yeah, you bet. Print if you're going to keep that, that. If you're gonna keep that belt on her squasher, or you have a comeback story of where she settled down, throw the, show those training vignettes. Yeah, I, I don't know how you missed that. I mean, that, that's just not wrestling. That's marketing. You bet. What, what about Mr. AW? What about Chris Jericho? Le Champion, right? I mean, aside from what Jericho has done on camera, Jericho's had some great stuff inside of AEW, whether it was the, the initial title run as La Champion, whether it was putting together the inner circle, whether it was, you know, dinner in a movie with the MJF. I've been all in with Jericho and everything that he's done inside of AEW. I know a lot of people feel like Jericho has really slowed down over the course of the last couple of years. I feel like it was just he, he lost the championship and he's kind of reinvented himself once again as kind of this dirty punk rock hair metal Chris Jericho. And now we're kind of seeing him rise back up the card again. Uh, I think Jericho's got to be very, very high on this list just because of what he meant to AEW. Like we were talking about Cody earlier and how Cody was the face of the revolution. This thing has been built on Chris Jericho's back. Jericho was the biggest star that they had when they started the company, the first champion. He was going out there and having some killer matches. I Jericho's pretty damn high on my list, which is just insane to me that this far into Chris Jericho's career and everything that this guy has done, he has built a whole nother freaking company because he's Chris Jericho. Yeah. When you really talk about the, those founding fathers and the importance who really established hood AEW on the map. You know, we just talked about how Cody, they needed somebody with that name recognition and a main event scene there. You needed those darlings to fill out that roster to get you going. But Chris Jericho is the name that made you take notice. It said, you know, even before we really understood how much money the cons had behind this and how much they were willing to dive into this thing, it was like, wow, I mean, Jericho's a game changer. He's actually going to get on board with this thing. You and know what it is, Rick. what Jericho goes and does what he wants, you believed in it. You know what it is? When, when AEW started, there was a lot of talk about Jericho being the Terry Funk of AEW. That was not accurate. Like, CM Punk is playing the Terry Funk role. Chris Jericho was playing the Hulk Hogan role. Jericho was the star that they brought in and put on top of the promotion so that they could build everything else around Chris Definitely. Jericho. Definitely. I, I feel like the much better comparison is Hogan, not Terry Funk. I agree. Yeah, and, and I know that, you know, some of the purists that have seen Jericho the way he's – and the guy continues to evolve, change his game, and he is – he's a perfect chameleon, chameleon inside of pro wrestling. He knows how to change his colors to his surroundings. So while some of this might seem, you know, a little goofy, a little too over the humor line for him, he realizes, though, that's that reaction he's getting from that fan base. And you got to live in that moment. So he knows how to look around to his surroundings and perfectly adapt to that. And he continues to, to do it. He's He essentially is the one where we've seen, and it's such a regular inside of AEW, you get your run, okay, we're going to pull you aside for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Get your run, we're going to pull you aside. And they do it yep. to everybody. But Jericho has managed to, it's only maybe a week or two, we don't see him, and then boom, he's back into something. 
and he's always kept himself relevant, whether he was the champion or whether he was doing the stupid thing inside of the Jaguar stadium with the inner circle. You know, now with the inner circle breaking up and being opposite of Santana and Ortiz and Eddie Kingston, and you're getting a more, bit more like pain maker Jericho. I, I, he just keeps himself relevant and he keeps himself on TV because he's the best thing inside of AEW. Is it a little bit, he's kind of doing maybe what they envisioned Cody would do. I mean, a little bit, right? I mean, yeah. I, I think that's absolutely part of it. I mean, he keeps reinventing himself, but for better or worse, he keeps trying to, you know, promote others. And he knows his role up. inside of the company, whether he needs to be a role player, whether he needs to be a champion. Like, I don't think that it's any kind of coincidence that all of a sudden, like everything comes out about Cody and at the same time, everybody's like, damn, did you notice like Jericho looks like he's in great shape? Here's like, the other thing. We were talking about yeah, smart he lost business. Like 25 pounds. Smart yeah. Business. He you quit, know, Jericho he is quit out there drinking rolling. for a couple of weeks. And all of a sudden, he looks like he could be, you know, a singles champion Jericho because Cody's out and Jericho's just going to slide right into that role. Or he knows he needs to trim up because he's going to get the hell out of there and head back to Vince. But I still but, think Jericho finishes his career. Oh, yeah. It, but th I think that's the point. You know, Jericho's okay with taking on those roles mm -hmm. in mind because he knows that, you know, where Cody's, you know, you know, suggested is trying to figure out his next moves. Jericho knows he's got plenty of avenues. Yeah. It'd be, he can go anywhere. It could, it could be outside of professional wrestling. I mean, I'm sure he could walk on a set right now and take over, you know, like a BC level reality, sh you know, game show. He can go right back to Vince if he wants and do whatever the hell. I mean, hell he's, he's proven if he went, if he wanted to go back there and sit, and take any of those jobs at the desk. You're telling me to compliment McAfee on SmackDown that they wouldn't put him over a Raw on some commentary? And because he's, he's, he's great on he's Rampage. Right. He's Now he's showing that side of his game. You know, after a short run in the ring, boom. You know, sorry. We're, Graves, you're cleared to wrestle. Your ass is back in the ring. Jericho's taking your chair. You know what, you know what is hilarious to me, though? Um, and, and it's okay, Chris. It does happen. Uh, on occasion. Like, he, he's gotten the word it over He's gotten a piece of paper over multiple times inside of his career. He, he got a little bit of the bubbly over like Jericho yeah. just gets everything over, but he's pushing this influencer thing and it's not working. Like just, just go to, go to the next thing, Chris, because th this one's not working. Yeah. It's a weird one. What about John Moxley? Moxley is one of the only guys that I consider that, didn't come in at the beginning of the company because he was still close enough to the beginning of the company for me. Moxley has been absolutely outstanding inside of AEW. And I, I, I have absolutely no complaint because I, I was looking through the list today, man, looking at the matches and yeah, I mean, some of the stuff, I wish it would have went off better. Like, you know, the Moxley versus Omega feud, but Moxley has been a consistent highlight. He brings the star power. He brings a sense of authenticity with him that is severely lacking inside of AEW. I'm loving this whole thing with Brian Danielson and the way that Moxley is being presented at this point. I Moxley's got to be in my top two or three. Yeah, what? It, hey, I, I love me some Moxley. Hey, right here, the five one three hometown hero. What's a little different with Moxley though, and I think he he wants it this way. I don't know if I can tag him to a company because he's that outsider. 
Right. He, he's that true outsider. He, he's his own entity. It's that exists inside of this this crazy world of professional wrestling. As much as you know, I can compliment and I and we have a conversation here about being Mr. AEW. I just think that I think when you look at him, he might have more of his heart into Game Changer, right? So I just the only reason I would remove him from the conversation and, and, and I, I wholeheartedly mean this as a compliment. I think he's just in his own ball game, baby, in, in, his, in his own world. It really seemed like he kind of lost his place once he lost the championship and like, he's been kind of trying to figure out exactly where does John Moxley fit inside of the AEW universe. If he's not the AEW world heavyweight champion. And I think this Danielson thing is going to be that place. And I don't think it's going to be too long before we see him back in that title picture. So, Another guy I was just thinking of was, or two guys actually that I was thinking of that I thought were going to be the face of AEW. Thought we'd be talking about them like we're talking about the Briscoes and ROH, but just hasn't been there. The Young Bucks, I'm surprised they're just like an afterthought, forgotten. They're just kind of there. There is so much talent inside of that tag team division, and it seems like there's always a team or four that people are like, oh, they're just not being used properly. And it's like, well, you can only have like so many people on top of this insane tag division at a certain point. People have to beat other people. And I feel like the Bucks are kind of in that same place where Moxley was, right? Where when they were champions, yeah, they're featured. They're, they're having their championship reign. They lose the titles. Now what do we do with the Young Bucks? And I think the Young Bucks are kind of trying to find their place inside of the company as not the champions and right now it's kind of playing second fiddle to everything that's going on with adam cole and red dragon but i mean tonight on dynamite we're gonna have that tag team battle royal and the young bucks are one of those acts that you can heat them up at any given moment in time and throw them right into the tag team picture and that aew audience is going to eat it up i feel like the bucks have done a pretty good job of trying to manage their office roles and their evp roles with where they are on the tv show because it'd be real easy for the bucks if they were getting pushed oh well they're just yeah it's easy to do when you're booking yourself and then everybody hates the bucks because of that so i mean i feel like they're in a no-win position as far as the face of the company uh, i you know the bucks have always been masters of marketing and i give them their credit there uh you know they they took what never should have been there they play to a small niche portion of this audience. They, they, they grew that. When it comes to Western wrestling, the young bucks will never be anything more than the dearest of darlings. And I think on a big stage, when you are talking where all elite wrestling is at right now, they have been exposed. They don't show any respect to traditions. What works inside of this business no selling sons of bitches, and then you can pop all you want over that, but it, it wears on a fan. It wears on your subconscious over time. I don't think they need to be anywhere near the top of this card. They're exactly where they're at in limited spots in this uh, mid-comedy shtick stick that, the, that they're into. I don't know. I, I don't really have a whole lot of use for the Bucks. So just some other guys I was thinking just potentially for, like, the future, like – 
the guys that they can definitely push and maybe be there. Powerhouse Hobbs, Wardlow, and for some reason they love Hook. And even though he's not young at all, he's actually 38 years old, but they love Orange Cassidy. So these are guys that possibly they're they're trying to make in the future, Mr. AEW. I just thought it was funny that like a guy like Hook, who's super small, and a guy like Orange Cassidy, who's not only super small but old, is a guy that they think is a good idea of pushing. I feel like Dante Martin is also in that kind of category. I feel like Daniel Garcia is also in that kind of category. It's crazy to me that, you know, we, we talk about the pillars of AEW with MJF and Jungle Boy and Sammy Guevara, Darby Allen, Britt Baker, but they're already building the next set of pillars underneath of that as well. I, I think it's really, really smart booking. They always talk about Brody Lee a lot. I mean, he's not really going to be considered because obviously he died way, way too soon. But they always consider him kind of a face of AEW. He's always mentioned. A lot of people always throw Eddie Kingston's name out there because he's always kind of making Punk look good or making. I just, I just don't see it. He wasn't there since the beginning. But you know, a lot of love for Eddie Kingston out there. I think the Eddie Kingston fans are just like Eddie Kingston, where they're very, very loud and you have to pay attention to them, even though there's not necessarily as many of them as it seems like there are like, but, but that's Eddie Kingston and the people that he speaks to. We all know Eddie Kingston, like we could all go to the bar right now. And there's that one guy who's sitting in the corner that your buddies with, but you never actually hang out with, but boy, is he great to hang out with like on a Thursday night and Boy, if somebody starts screwing with you at the bar, he's going to be the dude to drag the guy outside and beat his ass. And then he comes back in and you buy him a beer. Like we all know Eddie Kingston, right? In my world, his name is Dylan. Like I love Dylan to death, but I ain't hanging out with Dylan. Nuh-uh. Nope. I got to be in a special mindset. But if I just happen to run into the guy, yeah, he's a, he's a blast to hang out with. And you know, if I need somebody to help me move, I'll call the dude up. If I need somebody to come and help me build the deck, I'll call the dude up, buy him a 24 pack of beer and we'll have a great day. And, and then I won't talk to him again for six months because he's Dylan. That's, that's the Eddie Kingston people. And you, you got to love them and you got to respect them, but you just don't want to hang out with them that much. See, I, I'm a little different. My my Eddie Kingston, I love hanging out with you. <laughs> you are the Eddie Kingston, yeah, yeah, Rick. Yeah, yeah. You yeah, are dude, the I, Eddie dude, I am a lover. I, I might be the shit tiger tomorrow, <laughs> but I, I am a lover, not a fighter. But yeah, my Eddie Kingston, hell, I, I love him so much. I do his marketing and he owns my favorite taco truck. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Justin watches my Eddie Kingston. But I, I think when it comes to Eddie, he does have that unique spot. And I like that he might be transitioning back into you know, that list of that management role, maybe where he just goes out and bumps every like now and then. Cause I, I would be Eddie Kingston and, and I would be worried that he would be one of those next for that next big wave of the punks and the Bryans that come in that would go the wayside. I guess the jury's out on, on hook and people love him. There's tons of potential there. You're going to have to be very careful in, in how you craft him and moving forward. And I really believe for this, for their audience to grow, there has to be a big future for Hobbs and in Wardlow. So you know, a guy that we didn't mention that I think that he would want to be mentioned on this list because he's got seven roles in the company, but Tony Khan, he would want to be like, Hey, Hey guys, I'm Mr. AEW. I think he would want to be known as Mr. AEW. I'm surprised he hasn't had your network canceled because you waited this long, 49 minutes and right. uh, seven seconds to bring his name up. Right. Well, yeah, but I mean that's like calling Vince Mr. WWE. I think there's I think there is a huge difference. And even going back to we can we can probably go back to the early, early going ons of who is. We've had this conversation on here. You look at Vince, Vince never like today, uh the 
I was listening to something, they were talking about Hall of Fame, about The Undertaker, about who should induct him, maybe Vince. Vince doesn't even want to be on camera there. Vince isn't, you know, outside of when it was a necessity where they needed that character, and it, it you know, he lived through that character, was just on air there. Vince hasn't wanted, it wasn't the glory hog. Tony Khan is out there. What is he? Is he a regular member on Busted Open Radio now? He's talking to all the sheets every day, every podcast he can. I mean, he, he has taken over Twitter thumbs from Trump over on that social media platform. He can't shut, he can't shut up. This guy is such a, a glory hog that wants to be out in the forefront. What do we get? He's got to go out and do a curtain call after every show. You this know what's is hilarious. ridiculous. And I think he embodies, Tony Khan embodies what AEW is. They're all over the place. They're trying to get, they're getting a the little things right, but because they're spread so thin, they are just missing on all cylinders. That is Tony Khan. And that is your Mr. AEW. I feel like, and this is not just you, Rick. There's a lot of pro wrestling analysts who need to do what I have done. And that is log out of Twitter, log out of Facebook, get, off of this behind the scenes BS. You know, Vince McMahon has had like 3 million percent more screen time than Tony Khan over the course of the last six months and this entire story that they are doing with Austin Theory. You know how many times I've seen Tony Khan on AEW television? Like twice in three years. If you get out of the bubble, if you just pay attention to the narrative, quit worrying about all this behind the scenes BS you'd be so much happier as a wrestling fan and Tony Khan wouldn't bother you nearly as much. They do mention his name at least 10 times an episode though. How many times is he on TV? He shouldn't be. And he's not. Well, okay then. No, because in his <laughs> mind, in his mind, he's thinking, well, if I'm not on television, I'm okay. But if his pa says, God, every segment, they got to, they got to re constantly remind you who's in charge, who's running it. Tony Khan, Tony Khan, Tony Khan. Jerry Jones, Jerry Jones, Jerry Jones. But he, hey, he is no Jerry Jones, sir. It's the same bullshit, though, man. If people would just pay attention to the games and quit worrying so damn much about what Jerry Jones thought about the Dallas Cowboys, Cowboys fans wouldn't be nearly as miserable outside of the fact that your team hasn't won anything in, like, you know, 35 years. I was going to say, if you want to go and make the Jerry Jones comparison, how, how about them Cowboys, huh? Yeah, exactly. Well, how about them Jaguars? Oh, ouch. So the worst team in the league two years in a row. So who is Mr. AEW? Rick, you're first. Who is Mr. AEW? Well, I'm going to stick with the Tony Khan, but just, just to appease Drago over here, if we're talking in the narrative, on screen, yes. the product itself, and I got to give the, uh, the nod to uh, the, the man of a thousand and one nicknames, the old uh, Chris Jericho. Oh, okay. All right. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you, Rick. I mean, w w as soon as this topic came up, there was only one name that I wrote down and then there was everybody else. The correct answer to me is La Champion, Chris Jericho. I am in agreement. I think that if, if Whoa, it wasn't for Jericho uh, with the sweep, <laughs> if it wasn't for Jericho, there might be no AEW making that little plane ride with Tony Khan to all in checking things out. So I think Jericho was the, uh, you know, the stir of the drink there. And I think he is Mr. AEW. Maybe if Cody is still around, I may consider Cody, but I think it's Chris Jericho. You know what I really love about this topic? This is one of those that we could come back to every year at this time, mm -hmm. and it's going to change. You know, a lot of our conversations on who is, okay, well, it's it's happened in the past. That's set. 
this one is going to be continually evolving and which kind of makes it more exciting to watch what's going to happen with all elite wrestling. Now, I guess my question to you, Paz, is you talk about disqualifying Cody because he has went back to WWE. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> Let's say two years from now, we sit down to have this conversation and Chris Jericho has just left AEW for his return to the WWE. Do you feel differently about Chris Jericho? Because I feel like Jericho is still the appropriate answer. No, because he's like the, um, I don't know, to me, the original guy that got the company started, got them popular. And Cody, a little bit of that, but not as much as Jericho. I think he's like the uh, the flag bearer, if you will. And I think we all just expect Jericho to finish his career with Vince, don't we? Oh, he knows it. I think everybody knows it. That's it. That's why he was welcome back on Broken Skull Sessions. I mean, even Vince knows it. Let's head towards the plugs. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Juman Power Trip. Check out the website tmptempire.com and Patreon, patreon.com slash tmptempire. Jargo, what do you got? Social media at not Jargo and of course michaeljargo.com. And coming soon to Truth Social. You ready for this one, Pause? Truth I, Social? Yeah, Donald Trump's new social network. You ready wow. for this one? I got my profiles all set up. I'm on the waiting list. It's ready to go. This is going to be a great one. At the science. Just okay. follow the science, ladies follow and gentlemen. The science. Follow the science. Nice. Love it. RBV, what do you got? Pause. It sounds like you can't handle the truth, baby. But anyway, for, as for me, invite everyone to follow my Professional Wrestling Alliance. You can find us on Facebook.com backslash Professional Wrestling Alliance. You can get us on Twitter and Instagram at PWA Wrestle. I also invite you to follow me, the Art of the Beat of the Richard Bronson Vickery across all social media platforms at The Real RBV. Thank you, everybody out there for listening. Thank you, RBV. Thank you, Ajarga. We'll see you right back here next week for a little bit of Who Is. See you next week, folks. This has been a John Paz Power Trip production in conjunction with the two-man power trip of wrestling. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at two-man power trip. You can check us out on Facebook. You can subscribe on YouTube. You can go to patreon.com slash tmptempire to become a patron. And also check out the website tmptempire.com and buy a shirt at prowrestlingtees.com. Two-man power trip where the power lies, brother.